0: Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, bringing you today, episode 47, a double interview episode. First up is an interview with Marguerite Bennett, writer of A-Force. We're going to talk to her about what it's like to write an all-female-led team, plus maybe some secrets of what's coming up next. And then after that, from our archives, is an interview with Alan from the Superhero and Costuming Forum. He manages a lot of the big shoots at Dragon Con, plus he's been making costumes for almost a decade. So, let's start off with Marguerite. Welcome to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and more. We are bringing a returning podcast guest To uh, today to talk about A-Force. Everyone, welcome Marguerite Bennett.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I really love doing these. Yay. Well, it's helpful that you're local,
0: (laughs) and I can drag you into our room of doom and record things. I like it. So the book is out, Mm A-Force number one. It was a big announcement a couple months ago, really excited, Um, part of the Secret Wars, you know, like New World, Battle World, like line. Why don't you talk a little bit about how it came to be?
1: Oh, man, it was really crazy, and, you know, it's it's kind of bonkers to think of it actually like being concrete in the world now, since it was, you know, just like this dream for so long. Um, it actually started uh, at, I think, the Marvel retreat in December. It was right around Christmas time, and, um, you know, we're, we were just sort of like all hanging out in, I want to say like this Irish pub that was all decorated. It was like, like candles and <laughs> poinsettias. I mean, it was really lovely and cozy and charming. Um, and Daniel Ketchum wound up approaching me and introducing me to G. Willow Wilson, who I was, you know, a huge fan of and so excited to meet. Um, and, you know, it was sort of like teasing and saying, like, I've got a project that I would like the two of you to work on together. Um, and, I mean, that's a very cruel thing to say to someone and then not <laughs> to elaborate, but I waited until after Christmas, and I was very good. <laughs> and then, um, you know, he approached me about it again. Like, you know, we went out to dinner, and he told me um, all about, like, you know, this vision that he had for an all-women Avengers team. Um, and, you know, uh, just like, you know, it's it's placed within Secret Wars and the events that were coming and um about like the island of arcadia and uh and the, the the team roster and I mean like you know that sort of like lit a fire under me and I was you know so excited um to be uh, working with the team that he put together um with Willow and with Jorge Molina who does gorgeous, gorgeous art. Um and you know we sort of like went from there and uh you know we we've got um uh Nico Namuro uh, Sister Grimm um America Chavez uh Captain Marvel um She-Hulk, Medusa and Dazzler. And a newcomer um, to their island who is a character that Willow created uh, named Singularity, who is, I mean, just, you know, visually and emotionally fascinating, um, in that she is an entire universe um, incarnate as a girl. And it's sort of, you know, about her learning what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a heroine um, within the, the conflicts and the confines, you know, of um, the, the crisis that comes to the island of Arcadia. So, obviously,
0: Arcadia is sort of surrounded by this wall Mm -hmm. that's called S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a great little nod (laughs) to the previous universe that is now gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've definitely, I haven't read the full issue yet, but um, the color, the pages, Mm -hmm. there's this amazing double spread Mm -hmm. of uh, Captain Marvel and who else is in that chat? It's just like flying over. Oh, my God. uh It's such a great range of characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from, like, a, a different periods of time of Marvel history. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. We've got Disco Dazzler in there and down her roller skates. <laughs> yes.
0: How do you fly with roller skates?
1: <laughs> Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would just assume that you're, mm-hmm.
0: like, they'd be so heavy that your feet would hang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she Maybe she's got really good, like, leg muscles. Yeah.
1: Tone calves, man. You gotta get, gotta get that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the things we talk about in this office... Yeah. We're trying not to spoil too much, but why don't you talk about, you mentioned all these main characters, like She-Hulk is the sheriff. Mm-hmm. All these characters have such different roles than what they were in the previous universe.
1: Definitely. Um, yeah, so uh, She-Hulk is the leader of the island as well as the leader of A-Force. And within, um, you know, the confines of Battleworld, there is this one master law, which is that no one crosses the borders. You know, there's there's no acknowledgement that there is life beyond their country. Um, there are no stars in the sky. <laughs> um, and, you know, so any violation of that um, endangers all of Arcadia. And so She-Hulk is sort of tasked with walk, walking this very fine line um, between, uh, you know, serving, you know, her people and, you know, protecting them from Doom, who is essentially the god of this world. Um, and so, you know, she must make, like, you know, these, these terrible choices when people that she loves, people that she trusts, um, you know, break this law. And, you know, so it's about, like, this responsibility of, you know, with with trying to care for these people, trying to care for your friends, for your family, um, how do you reconcile that with doing your duty and your responsibility to, you know, the people as a whole? Um, uh, Captain Marvel um, is her her confidant, Captain Marvel and Medusa, who operate as her two chief counselors, um, you know, and who have very clashing opinions, you know, on how this is going to play out. And um, Niko Namoru is sort of, in the, in the same way that She-Hulk brings um, our perspective of the larger island and the world building and, um, you know, the, the, the plots and the mysteries in play, um, Niko uh, operates as sort of our emotional center and our heart. Um, she, uh, pretty early in the issue, um, winds up losing, uh, you know, a, a character who's as close as her sister and, um, you know, rediscovers uh, someone, a newcomer to the island, which is, you know, should be impossible, you know, like, who who would cross the borders? Where would she come from? Um, And so she, um, you know, she is dealing with, you know, with with this loss and now with, you know, with with finding someone. Um, And it really complicates the emotions because, you know, the same thing for which, um, you know, her sister figure was banished, you know, she's now, in a way, guilty of. Um, And so, you know, how do you... Um, navigate the idea of, you know, of, of keeping the laws. And, well, if the laws are just, if the laws are unjust, you know, how do you, um, you know, deal with your own moral compass being in conflict with what is legal and what you've been raised to believe is right. Um, and so hers is a more intimate story. She-Hulk has, has, has the grandeur and the greater crisis in the greater world, and Nika represents um, the smaller moral crisis and, you know, like the emotional momentum that, uh, you know, builds and, and pushes a lot of the story.
0: I will say that, like that, one of the greatest things about mm-hmm. these all these secret or sort of like tie-in pieces is that you can read them by themselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, like obviously, having the base understanding that uh, Battle World is this thing that exists. You know that there are all these different like. Uh, lands and all that. Um, but you don't need to know what the land is next to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know um, you don't need, you, know, you really don't need even know, know need to know that doom is like. yeah uh-huh. is this master mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know k- king god of, mm-hmm. of some sort? You can literally just pick up this book yeah. mm-hmm. and read it.
1: You can revisit worlds that you love or explore completely new ones. I mean there's a lot of freedom in this event, which is something that you know, I really enjoy and that I hope will welcome a lot of new readers.
0: Well, you're, and you're also writing Years of Future
1: Past. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh-huh. And um and Angela 1602. Um, so yeah, I'm all over the place. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's yep. kind of what, like as I was watching the titles mm-hmm.
1: get announced, yeah. like
0: I was like, oh my god, like there's a runaway's book, there's mm-hmm. this book, mm-hmm. there's a Finney and a book. Look yep. at all these books.
1: No, it's so exciting. I mean like the lineup was just insane. Um I had the privilege of being on the Marvel panel uh, in Chicago where you know where they're talking about secret wars. And I mean, like, I didn't even know all of the books, and I was like, like, sitting there getting so excited in my seat. You know, when people were cheering, it was like, oh man, I got to pick up this one and this one and this one. I am going to be so poor. <laughs> so yeah. it was really exciting. Well, um, we yeah. have
0: a great uh, online. We did a podcast that just came out uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it came out the eighth, and it's uh, basically breaking down Secret Wars for people who who may not understand nice. for mm-hmm. like first time readers or returning readers or readers that are confused. That's
1: terrific. Uh, And
0: we also mentioned that we have uh, a sort of like a checklist Mm -hmm. of books that do you want to, um, do you really want to read all of Secret Wars, you want to figure it all Mm -hmm. out, or do you want to pick and choose from uh the different worlds because there's like Last Days, there's Uh, battle world. There's mm-hmm. battle zones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's so many terms. Yeah,
1: I've been. I've actually been like really bad. Um, like working on uh, Angela. Um, I'm co-writing with Kieran Gillen, and we've got Stephanie Hans, um, as like as our chief artist on the book. And then there are sub stories within it. Um, where we've got uh, oh, who can I say? And who can I can't I say? Marguerite Savage and Irene Coe I think those are the two that have been announced so far. Um. But, I mean, it's just, it's such a bonkers book. And, like, and you know, we were going through the scripts, I was like, wait, like, what is this book actually called? Because it's Angela 1602 Witch Hunter, but then it's, like, Secret Wars colon Battleworld colon Warzone <laughs> 1602, colon 1602 Two, Col Angela Witch Hunter by Marguerite Bennett and Karen Gillen. <laughs> so, so that's your tweet. That's my tweet. It's <laughs> more than 140 characters, but, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, we give each other crap, but we love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's sort of what this event has
1: been. It's mm-hmm. been, like...
0: Uh, I Amy, mean, we announced it back at New York Comic Con mm-hmm. last year, and now it's you know becoming it's
1: it's yeah. uh, it's
0: alive and real mm-hmm. and happening. And I hope that everyone listening at home is picking it up. Or you know, if you guys have never read a comic, I, I really think that this event allows new readers mm-hmm. um, because comics are hard. The Marvel mm-hmm. Universe is is a is a entity that is beyond mm-hmm. itself, and this is you don't need to know backstory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know any of these things. So. Mm-hmm.
1: But also if there are characters that you love or characters that you want to learn more about, you have, you know, now a bunch of different chances to see them in all of these different worlds and different stories and, you know, for, like, these multiple conflicts, um, you know, to reveal character. And so, like, it's, it's really exciting. And so, like, you know, there are a bunch of it was like, oh, I'm just going to follow, like, you know, like this handful of characters and I'm going to read everything they're in. I love it. <laughs> ah, that's so great.
0: Well, thanks for joining mm-hmm. us. Uh, where can listeners find you on Twitter?
1: Oh, um, I am at EvilMarguerite, all one word, um, on uh, Gmail, Twitter, um, Tumblr, and Instagram.
0: So if you guys have any questions, mm-hmm. you know, tweet at her, Facebook mm-hmm. her, whatever. Uh, and if you guys have any questions for uh, myself, uh, I realized I never introduced myself. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I don't, I think it's it's Judy, whatever, I'll edit this later. Um <laughs> This usually happens when I do these podcasts. I love it. Um, if you guys have any questions for the Woman Marvel team, uh, definitely um, send a, send them to us at womanof@marvel.com at and we will get to them as soon as we can. Um, this will be coming after ACBC, so we're really excited to uh, to be there, and we're looking forward to San Diego. Maybe you will be at San Diego with us. I will
1: be at San Diego. Oh, look at that. And up to no good.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we'll get you on our panel. Oh, so. yes,
1: please. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Always. Huh?
0: We will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Thanks, Marguerite, for joining us. Next up is Alan from the Superhero Costuming Forum. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast. This is Judy Stevens, associate producer, and we're bringing to you a special guest from the costuming world. Alan, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Alan Hansard. I'm the owner and founder of the Superhero Costuming Forum.
0: And the Superhero Costuming Forum, we're going to call it SCF for short, is basically a go-to place for customers and cosplayers to ask for advice, to find locations for shoots. Basically, just, it's, it's a forum of costumers.
2: Mm-hmm. And everyone there can uh, look up reference pictures. They can ask questions. We have about 3,000 members now, and they are all over the world.
0: So I found out about you guys when I went to DragonCon for the first time, and someone was like, there's a big Marvel shoot in the back, Hilton Steps. And I was like, what? And so I went back there, and I think that was 2009, and there probably were like 150 people, I would assume. And now it, it's 2014, and there were 500
2: People? Uh, I think we had somewhere between 500 and 600 people in 2014, and I remember back when you first came, we thought 150 was huge, uh, and the thing just keeps growing each and every year.
0: And it's it's really amazing. It's, it's sort of to see the costuming community grow, and costuming is a little different than cosplay. I sort of I've talked about this a little bit in the past. It's it's mostly just the way I think that. Someone comes into the fandom, they either come in via sort of uh, American comics um, or video games, and, or if you come in through anime and manga, which I think is m- predominantly mostly cosplayers. And so when did you found the SEF?
2: That was, I believe, at the beginning of 2009. So uh, the forum's, uh, I think, about five years old now.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And it's still going strong.
2: Uh, you know, there are many different avenues uh, for people to find things on social media. So the forum is there, and it's a good resource for people. Uh, in light of all the different changes, um, because a lot of people have moved away from forums, we've now got uh, a Facebook page. We have a, a YouTube uh, uh, channel. We have uh, a Tumblr account. So we're on many different forms of social media now, just not the forum itself.
0: That's so great. When you So you've been costuming... Even before the SEF. So how, how did you get into it?
2: Well, I had a couple of friends uh, in Destin, Florida, who knew what a big nerd I was. And they uh, just convinced me one year to try out Dragon Con in Atlanta. Uh, so I went on a, a little three-day vacation. I only went to con- the convention for one day. And then I kicked myself uh, for the next year, having only gone one day. Uh, and the costumes there had blown my mind. I had no idea such a thing existed. I remember seeing an, an Iron Man costumer, an Earth-X Captain America, uh, and I distinctly remember calling up my twin brother and saying, Adam, oh my God, I am looking at this character right now. You have to come. Uh, and so uh, the next year, about two weeks before the convention, I made my very first costume uh, out of a Ruby's Superman, and I painted the S backwards, and I had this really terrible, crappy, bizarro picture. Uh, <laughs> But it was fun. Uh, it got my feet wet. It gave me the bug, so to speak. Um, looking back on it now, I mean, the costumes just horrendous. But it shows that everybody has to start somewhere, uh, which is one of the very uh, important founding principles of the SCF is it's not just for the professionals or the experts or the people who have been doing this for a long time. It's for the newbie customer and the seasoned veterans alike.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys, not only to put on the big shoots, there are also many little shoots that I got to be a part of this year. Um, you guys did a an X Men early eighty like eighties nineties X Men group, which was amazing. It was so much fun, and it was it it was allowed me to put my camera down and and put a costume on, which I um, Dragon Con is the only con I get to do that at. So and 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 I really enjoy uh, being in front of the camera sometimes. So um, and and obviously. At the big shoots, if you're, you know, a budding photographer, there are so many cosplayers around and customers and they're all willing to get their photo taken. So if you are, you know, looking to shoot some Marvel or <clears throat> the other team, uh, <laughs> you know, make sure you guys look for that. And and the Sef also has shoots at cons around the world.
2: Um, mostly in the in the United States, uh, but every single convention there's usually um, a shoot, maybe two. Uh, Dragon Cons are biggest, and we usually have over 20 different photo shoots that our members plan uh, on the forum. And if you go to the SCF, which is www.thesuperherocostumingforum.com, you can look in our specific Dragon Con forum, and you can look in our specific other conventions forum and find those shoots for yourself.
0: That's so good. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to see the community. The community is what drew me into cosplay to begin with 10 years ago. And it's still going strong. And you know, with social media, it really allows a sort of connection because if you're having, you know, forums originally, the Sef and uh, and a lot of the other forums were sort of a place to go if you had a question about costuming. Like, I'm working with this, you know, I'm working with Warbla. I'm working with this new material, and it's not doing what I want to do, or I'm having a problem, you know, thinking about the, you know, how to sew this or do this. You, the forums and social media is really like a great place to go online and be like.
2: I don't know what I'm doing. Help. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone on the SCF is quite helpful. Uh, it's another one of our founding principles is to try to help and encourage and support our fellow costumers as much as we can. And getting back to your earlier point, I think the best thing about costuming is the friendships. And actually the tagline that I have on my profile on the forum is that costumes are fleeting and friends last a lifetime. Uh, because, you know, 20, 30 years from now, um, The costumes that I'm wearing today will be long gone, but the friends that I have today, I'll still have and I'll have for the rest of my lifetime. And I've made some of the best friends uh, through this hobby. Real, genuine people uh, and that I wouldn't absolutely trade for the world.
0: Agreed, I totally agree with you. My best friends in the city and elsewhere are people that I met um, because I took photos of them or uh, I went up to them because they were wearing that that one fandom costume that I really loved. So, you know, everyone out there, if you guys, even if you don't wear a costume, you can be part of this community. It's out there. It's welcoming. Come and join us. So you're a giant nerd. Did you grow (laughs) up reading comics?
2: Um, I actually learned how to read uh, by reading comics. We used to live in Ohio, and our family... Uh, extended family lived in Florida, so every year we would make several trips down to Florida and back, which is about a 15-hour drive. So my mom would buy my twin brother and I a stack of 50 comic books and put them in the back seat uh, to keep us happy. So um, it's quite literally, that's how I learned to read.
0: That's pretty amazing. Is there a comic book growing up that you like really remember?
2: Um, some of my, my favorite comic books uh, were Grew the Wanderer, uh, I loved Rom Space Night, which is one of my dream costumes to do. Uh, I loved Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew, and that is that is my number one dream <laughs> costume is to make Captain Carrot one day. Um, although the caveat to that is I've already done a, a Sasquatch costume, and I did Jake from Adventure Time. So uh, I've been told as soon as I do Captain Carrot, I will uh, solidly n- never be able to deny that I uh, am a secret furry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I also uh, loved Secret Wars as a kid, so I'm excited to see what Marvel's going to do with the new Secret Wars this next year.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I've been here a little tidbits, and it's going to be uh, amazing. Maybe we'll have a Secret Wars group at Dragon Con next year. Maybe.
1: maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you, I, I've seen a lot of your many costumes. What do you think has been your favorite to wear so far?
2: Um, well, that's a tough question because I've made about 30 different costumes. Um, probably the easiest to wear and that was the quickest to get into, uh, was Hawkman, uh, which I have since sold. Uh, and that was about 30 pounds ago, unfortunately, as well. I got in fantastic shape and getting in fantastic shape, I kind of, uh, ruined my shoulder doing so. Uh, but that was a lot of fun to wear and it got a, a lot of, uh, great attention, um, Probably my favorite costume that I've ever ever made was Sasquatch. Uh, That actually won the Wizard Magazine costume contest, which some of you readers uh, or listeners might be old enough to remember. Uh, (laughs) That was eight and a half feet tall, six feet wide. I was on painter's stilts. Uh, That was an enormous undertaking that took about seven months to to make. Um, My favorite costume of all time uh, is actually my very first real costume. And that was uh, from the other team, uh, Firestorm. Mm. Uh, And that was kind of a crazy thing for me to attempt as my very first real costume. Uh, And I've since retired it. But that's my all-time favorite character. So that's the one I'm most proud of.
0: Do you have a dream Marvel costume?
2: Mm, I don't know anything. Well, let me think about this for a second. (laughs) I actually have a list at home. I'm not... Uh I'll have to think about it for a second. Mm. You know, most of the costumes that I do uh aren't the mainstream kind of characters. They're all I'm I'm Mr. C List is what I've been called. Uh I, I don't know if I have a dream Marvel costume that I can say off the top of my head. Uh I will tell you that I'm hopefully going to be making a Captain Marvel costume. Uh, The old, because I'm old school, the old original uh, green and white costume with a little Saturn symbol on Mm -hmm. the chest. Uh, So I'm hoping to get that done this year uh, for Dragon Con next year. Oh, and I should also say, I'd be be remiss in saying that uh, I have a Doctor Strange costume uh, that I'm pretty well known for, and uh, we've already bought the fabric, my girlfriend and I, to make the new Doctor Strange, the black and red version. Uh, So we'll have that next year.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm possibly thinking about making the gray Miss Marvel. I mean, Captain Marvel costume. All right. Cool. So we'll see. We'll see what what well, I would I whip up for Dragon Con next we could year. We should be the
2: Captain's Marvel.
0: We should get all of the Marvels together.
2: <laughs> all right. Deal.
0: There's a team of them. Also, uh, I will say that your costume, your your casual uh, shoot costume that you wore at Dragon Con previously, <laughs> was pretty amazing.
2: All right, so what Judy is talking about <laughs> is um, <clears throat> there's you've, you may have seen some silly costumes where people dress up as aspects of their convention. And because I've been the director of the giant Marvel and DC Universe photo shoots at Dragon Con for many years, this last year I dressed up in a Hilton Steps costume. <laughs> uh, and the way that I went about that was I got six different of the toy skateboard Steps and then glued those all together and then painted them. And then um, it's one of the most expensive costumes I ever made Made um, because there's about 35 of the Marvel Universe action figures on there. So add all those up. Um, I bought all of the Secret Wars figures, the three and three-quarter Secret Wars figures, and glued them all to the steps. So they're permanently on there uh, and then wore that around me. And uh, that got a, a great reception. That was a lot of fun to wear. Um, this next year... I'm toying with the idea of making a Galactus helmet to wear while I wear the Hilton Steps below me so it'll look like Galactus is, you know, in scale, hovering above the Marvel Universe.
0: That's amazing. I uh, I actually did not get a chance to see it in person, so you better bring it out next year <laughs> so I can see
2: it. Well, for how much I spent on the darn thing, you better believe it.
0: <laughs> I think one of the greatest things about Dragon Con, and this is starting to happen at other cons, is that at night... When people put their you know expensive hard to wear costumes away, they put sort of casual cosplay or closet cosplay depending on who you talk to and it's really sort of it's a, it's something you're still in costume, but it might be something that's you know a little bit more casual or something fun to do uh My friends and I did a bunch of links that's sort of a good reference. We did all the different colors of link mm-hmm. uh from Legend of Zelda um I'm, I'm trying to think of what, like, other people have done, but it's, it's sometimes people just keep their wigs on or their makeup on, and then they just put, like, a regular, like, casual outfit on. But it's one of those things where you don't have to have the 20 pounds of armor or the, you know, entire body of spandex to be in cosplay. You can do whatever you want, and you can literally pull stuff out of your closet, um, which more and more people are doing, which I think is amazing.
2: I have a, a shield costume that's my go-to casual costume because it's it's pants and a shirt,s and you know I buckle everything up so I don't have to wear a wig. I don't have to. I'm not painting anything. I'm not putting any makeup on, um, so I can just throw that on and go. So that's that's my go-to, and I even have it where it says Hansard on it as my name tag. so <laughs> It's all official. Um, one thing I've thought about doing uh, after I saw Jim Steranko at Heroes Con last year was actually changing my name on the shield costume to Steranko. And if you've seen Jim Steranko, you know that he has um, a very unique hairstyle. Uh, and I've thought about getting a white wig and a Jim Steranko hairstyle and going as Agent Steranko because I think that would be fantastic. So one of these days I'll have to pull that off.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Shield agents are a good casual costume because they're uh, you don't need complicated things, and Mm. you can sort of be like, I was that person in episode four in the background.
2: (laughs) I always fit. And actually, um, I should mention, Jim Steranko signed the costume. He signed one of my pouches.
0: Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're going to wrap this up, but do you have any suggestions for first-time customers out there?
2: Um, I would say it's really easy when you first start to get intimidated by all of these people that you see with these amazing costumes and It's very um, daunting when you're starting out and you don't have the skill set. So I would say stick with it. Um, Accept the fact that there's things that uh, you don't know and that you're going to get better. Um, You'll always look back on your first attempts. And heck, I look back on every attempt that I make now and think of ways that I could um, improve on things. So don't beat yourself up too much. Ask for advice. Join a forum. Um, People are out there and they're willing to help. Um, But what comes with that is the um, acceptance of wanting to accept constructive criticism. Um, Not destructive criticism, but people will genuinely want to help you, and so you'll have to be able to accept their feedback um, in that light. Uh, And if you stick with it, this is the most amazing, the most fun hobby, and as we mentioned prior, the hobby in which I think you'll make um, the best friends that you'll keep for the rest of your life.
0: You're here, here. I agree. So, uh, for those listening, is there anywhere, do you have a Twitter or Facebook we can find you at?
2: Um, the best way to find me is on the forum. Uh, so, again, that's www.superhero costuming forum.com. On the forum, uh, I go by Logan Allen Wolf, which is actually my oldest son's name, Logan Allen Wolf Hansard. Uh, so, it's a tribute to my son. Uh, and i 'm quite easy to find on there, uh, in the years that I 've been on the Yuku forums, I have eleven thousand posts now, so wow <laughs> i don 't know if that 's something to brag about or not, <laughs> <laughs> but that 's the best way to place to find me. You know the other thing I could tell you about, and my favorite story of New York City um, is the time that I came to New York City on the week where um, Spider-Man 3 premiered. Uh, And Bloomberg had declared it Spider-Man week in New York City. Um, And we'll never talk about Spider-Man 3 ever again. Uh, (laughs) But uh, some friends and I were coming up for a guy's uh, vacation weekend, and so I brought my Spider-Man costume. Uh, And one of my oldest friends from high school, uh, Kevin, came with me, and he absolutely said, I don't know you you don't know me. I'm going to be over there. You're going to be over there. Like he didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, And so we went to Times Square. And the last time I had been to New York City prior to that, I don't know if you'll remember, Charmin used to have bathrooms in in Times Square um, with attendance. And so I figured, well, I'll just go get changed in the Charmin bathrooms. And when we got there, no Charmin bathrooms. So my twin brother and I looked around. The only bathroom in Times Square at the time was one stall on the two-story McDonald's, and that was it. So we got into the bathroom, locked the door, and I didn't realize that the only thing the restaurant was going to see was two guys walk into a bathroom and close the door for <laughs> 10 minutes. And so after 10 minutes, we hear bang, 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 bang. bang, bang. What are you doing in there? And so we were, you know, like, just a minute. Uh, and it, my brother opened the door, and Spider-Man walks out into the bottom floor of McDonald's, and the entire restaurant turns around. <laughs> and I look at everyone and say, well, was that worth the wait? And I just kept walking out of the restaurant. Um, my brother said that was, I didn't see it because I had my Spider-Man goggles on. He said that that was a, a gang, literally a gang. There was like 15 people in line for the bathroom at that point. Um, and so I quipped a Spider-Man quip and then walked out into Times Square. And I was immediately mobbed. <laughs> oh my um, god! And this was many years ago. Obviously, so it wasn't like the – there wasn't the negative connotation that customers can sometimes have it there now. Um, and this was, uh, I would say, uh, a movie-quality suit. Uh, and after about 20 minutes, I came back to my friends, and I was like, we could be here all day. I got to get out of this thing. Um, and my friend Kevin, who was the guy who was like, I don't know, you, do, you don't know me, um, he, was, he thought it was actually pretty cool because he, he thought it was some, you know, like Kmart or really crappy costume. Uh, And so we went back and changed, and then a few hours later we went to the Empire State Building. uh, And I don't think you could get away with it now like I got away with it then. Um, But we got up to the top, and my brother had taken off because he'd been up to the Empire State Building many times. um, And I had been up there before as well, but my friends hadn't, so I didn't want to spoil it for them. It's kind of magical the first time you go. Uh, And so after about half an hour, my friend Kevin came up to me. He was like, you ready? you ready? I was like, hey, what happened? to You don't know me. I don't know. You. <laughs> he said, all right, all right. all right." So in the top of the Empire State Building, there's only um, one bathroom there uh, and it's in the gift shop. And so we went into the gift shop. And again, two guys walk into the bathroom and lock the door for 10 minutes. Uh, the difference was this time we opened the door and there was five security agents waiting uh, in a circle around the door. And they saw me and Spider-Man are and like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Um, So I had to convince them that I wasn't going to jump. Uh, I wasn't going to climb anything. uh, And I just wanted some pictures uh, with the city in the background, which were amazing pictures. And it was an experience of a lifetime. Uh, And we were up there for about 45 minutes with me in costume. I think I took pictures with every single person on the observation deck. Um, All of the security guards who were supposed to be patrolling the observation deck eventually just stopped their jobs and were all just lined up against the wall watching the show that was Spider-Man. And then when I was finished, one of the security guys noticed and he was like, you done, you done. All right, Spider-Man coming through, coming through. So we got an escort to the front of the line to the bathroom so that I could change. And if you've ever been to the top of the Empire State Building, you know that there's a line to get up and there's a line to get down. Um, We went to the front of the line to get down and we have, we got a private elevator ride down. Uh, And I will never forget it. It It's one of the most fun things that I've ever done in my entire life. And that's my favorite costuming story from New York City. Uh,
0: I I feel like that's your that's like one of the best costuming stories ever to be able to say it because yeah you couldn't do that now like, no
2: you couldn't get away the way, way with that
0: it. New York City is and and the line that is the Empire State Building but the, yeah I mean I remember my first time being on the Empire State Building I was like 14 or 15 and it was a magical place and I can't imagine seeing like. Spider-Man just hanging
2: out. Oh, yeah. That would have yeah. been real cool. Oh, it was fun. And one of the, another funny thing from that experience was um, at the time, they paid for a King Kong mascot guy to walk around the observation deck. Uh, and I don't think King Kong liked all the attention that Spider-Man was getting because <laughs> King Kong came over at one point and attempted to put Spider-Man in a headlock, <laughs> <laughs> which Spider-Man quite deftly um, uh, excused himself away from. Uh, So that was kind of funny.
0: Are there photos of that interaction?
2: Um, I don't know. I'd have to look on my old computer and see if I have pictures of me with King Kong. Um, But I have several pictures of me with just the city in the background, um, with some of the people on the observation deck getting pictures. Um, One thing I found by um, doing Spider-Man was that chicks dig (laughs) Spider-Man. So that was fun Well,
0: thank you for sharing. That's a great. That's a great way to end our podcast. All right, my pleasure.
2: Uh, Thanks Thanks for for, having me. Yeah,
0: thanks for joining. Uh, I'm gonna go give him a uh, Marvel tour, Uh, but we will catch all you listeners later. This is Marvel, your universe. A big thanks to both Marguerite and Alan for joining us on the Women of Marvel podcast. If you guys are still listening, make sure you rate and review on iTunes. Plus, let us know if you ever had any questions or suggestions. Email us at at womanofatmarvel.com. We will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.